All right, it's Jeff Mayhew, it's John Beatty, it's Politics and Parenting, where we talk about politics, but we talk about it differently. John, do you have a special announcement? Yes, Jeff. It's, it's been a while. We've been, we've been thinking about this a long time. We've been doing some work, but I want to let everyone know I'm running for Virginia's 10th Congressional District for the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, you know, I've been telling people that I've been thinking about this, and they're always like, is it the state or the, the federal? Or It's a federal level. It's uh, this election 2024. And I, you know, I'm I'm so excited about this, and I I uh, can't wait to uh, for the primary June 18th and for the the general November 5th. John, that's a big step, buddy. Why are you doing that? I mean, Jeff, you know, you and I talk about this. Like, Congress is a mess. Um, it's it's not it's not a secret that very little gets done, or honestly, what gets done is done in secret. You know, it's got a 15 percent approval rating uh, in the country, so it's broken. I mean, that's that's a very fact, and I think. The problem with everyone running for Congress is that they don't come in with ideas on how to fix Congress. They come in with the same vitriol and the same anger and hate and try to just destroy, you know, this great country of ours, you know, and it's both sides. So I, I'm running because I want to go in and fix Congress and make it better for for, my, for myself, for our children, for our grandchildren, just, you know, so we have a country that we can be proud of and, and look forward to being part of for a long time. Yeah, I mean, you you and I talk all the time. We say the the people that's us, the individual citizens, our power is in the House of Representatives. It's not the presidency, it's not the Senate, it's the House. Um, so yeah, if people want power, they have to fix the governing body which they work in. So I'm glad to hear that. Um, what is, John, what is your campaign about? Well, people like groups of three. So we're gonna talk about three R's, reform, representation, and republic. So first, as I said, reforming Congress, trying to make it better for everyone. We need to, part of that is extending representation. You know, you and I talk a lot about uncapping the House, but that's giving more people more voices in there. And it's doing it with the principles of republicanism, because that's the basis of, of what our country is. It's It's got these democratic principles, but it is a republic. It's it's power ceded to someone to, to, uh, to make the big decisions so that we can go on and live our lives. And that's a key part of our campaign. So can you elaborate a little bit more? Like what, what type of reform are you talking? You mentioned uncapping the house. What else? Yeah, obviously the first one would be some kind of uncapping the house, fixing your apportionment. You've done a lot of research on that. And, you know, there's interesting debates on that, that I think, you know, every time I talk to people about this, they kind of are, are uncertain about it. But the more you explain it to them, the more they say, yeah, that's a good idea. I like that. Um, part of the, there's sort of an, a more arcane thing is fixing inside the house that you can actually have debate you know i mean like we just talk about act of congress it's a it's a book on your list and um you know the rules committee controls so much of what happens and really the speaker controls the rules committee and the majority leader so we need to open that up you know if we're going to have more representatives we need to have more debate along with it we also need to fix some of the campaign finance problems we have you know our congressmen and women spend all their time fundraising rather than listening to the constituents debating bills, working on legislation. And if there's some way where we can fix that and make it so that people know where the dark money is, where the corporations are seeping in, and also just so that there's limits on, on what people can do, I think that'll improve Congress a tremendous amount. And then I think really it's having term limits for congressional members. I think getting fresh blood in there, and, and that's what this campaign is about, is getting fresh blood and fresh ideas into Congress to make it better for, for everyone. You know, I like all that, John. Um, so, this is obviously a, a big thing. You've run for Congress before, um, so you understand, you know, what it entails. 
what type of like what type of sacrifices are you having to make uh, as an individual? You know, because you're just at the end of the day, like before you're actually like in Congress, you're just a citizen. You're just like a regular person, like everybody else. And then one day, you like you make this decision, and your life is kind of upended. What do you? What type of sacrifices are you preparing for? Well, the first thing is it's just going to be time. I, I you know I got to keep my job so I can feed my family. So it's going to be giving up a lot of extra time around that. Um, and my work is very flexible and they're, you, they're very supportive of this, but you know, it's, it's going to be away from my, my kids and my wife. Um, so, you know, we had this problem over the past four years in the school board and we, we made the best of it early dinners, uh, late dinners, depending on what the schedule was just to make time so that we could be together as a family. We'll try to set Sunday aside so that we can also have that special time. Cause it's, you know, just being with your family is key. It's, it's about, a little bit more quantity in, in there. So that'll that'll probably be the biggest sacrifice in this whole campaign. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear it, John. Jeff, you know, I just threw this big news on you. I'm sure you're shocked and surprised. But um, <laughs> I think you've also got big news that you just laid on me. So what what is that? Uh, so, I mean, you know this, John. I'm, I'm stepping aside at Hard Hits. Um, I'm going to let my wife run the company. And I am starting a political consulting company. And um, I believe you're hiring me. Yeah, I believe I'm going to be a political consultant. I think I, I think you agreed to hire me, right? <laughs> I did. I'm, I'm very excited that you're going to be helping me. It's um, I remember, I mean, you know, talking about running for Congress last time. Like, I I really didn't know what I was doing. I, I thought I had some idea, but it was so different. But it, just having like a team, like I mean, we've we spent the past three months working through a, a platform, getting some volunteer support, getting things ready, and like I, that's all just a testament to your hard work and organization and that's going to be so crucial so i'm very very happy that you're uh you're coming on board to be the consultant as uh as every community. <laughs> um, but you know jeff the real serious question I, people always ask this to me do you think i have a chance i mean yes obviously like and look i didn't i didn't have my wife quit her job to come work with me so she could take over my job <laughs> I didn't take that risk for no reason, right? Uh, I take this very seriously. I, when I got into politics, um, I got in looking for somebody to like help, looking for somebody to follow. I, I like tell people I showed up to 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 these events as a constituent more than a candidate, and uh, you know I was just looking to have conversations and give the stuff that I've learned to these people who were supposed to be in power so they can better you know lead us. And I was kind of turned away over and over again by people and given excuses and have fingers pointed and, you know, accused of different, you know, having different priorities when the reality is, is I'm just a lifelong constituent of this district. Uh, I live on in the same neighborhood I grew up in, in the same neighborhood that my dad grew up in, in the neighborhood that my grandfather, you know, built his house in. And I just want to, you know, preserve that for my family going forward. And I saw a problem. I had a special set of skills and I wanted to help politicians with that. And they all kind of turned me away. They were, you know, um, they had their own agendas, if you will. And, you know, you haven't, uh, you, you've been welcoming, you love to debate ideas with me, which I believe is a big part of the job. I've watched you up close. Uh, you know, we've gone out to dinner and you've been, people from school board meetings have run into you. And instead of, you know, being upset or frustrated by it, you took the time to like explain the differences that you had with the, you know, the particular constituent, you know, maybe you guys didn't walk away on the same page, but you at least walked away with a matter of respect and decorum. Um, and that's really important to me as a constituent and looking for somebody to support in the community. Um, 
And, you know, this is my biggest one is a lot of times I get pushback from politicians on my ideas. And I'll typically make a suggestion for a book to read. And the most common response that I get is that they don't want to read my book. Um, and I got to tell you, you do. <laughs> you've 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 gone through and read uh, why Congress, which we had Philip on the show. Uh, you've you're reading through Acts of Congress, and and besides that, in every place that I've challenged you over the last two years, you haven't been offended or anything. You've just stepped up to the challenge and decided to dig in and work harder. And if I'm going to be, I don't know, going around to the people that I've grown up with in my entire life and saying, "Hey, can you please?" give either your time or your money to this person because I believe in them, I need to make sure that it's real and it's genuine. And that person is is someone of high moral character and someone that is going to be hardworking and persistent in accomplishing their goals. And I can't, I, I haven't been able to find anyone better suited for the job than you. Um, and so, you know, I don't, I don't like to take risks, but this is, you know, this is about the country. It's about the community, and you know, just about putting the right people in office. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate that a lot. It means a lot. Um, so I'm kind of speechless on that. But you know, we talked a little bit about what I was giving up for this. I think you're going to give it up a lot. You talked about not wanting to take risks in your life, and like this is a big risk. Uh, trying to change things mid-career, um, you know, giving up something big. Like, what do you think? What other risks do you have, or what are you giving up for this? Um, I mean, just like you, it's family time in a lot of ways. I, I'm we're we're similar similar mindset. We've been creative in the way that we've given up our family time. Yeah, maybe we can't have the enjoyable entertainment moments, but we still make sure that we find that quality time for the instruction and the teaching um, with our children. And I, I plan to continue that going through. You know, I, I spent the weekend doing congressional research on the apportionment act and i had my 14 year old daughter helping me flag sections of the you know i've got stacks of congressional records that i printed off from the internet that i'm going through and to help me lessen my workload i help i have i get my kids to help me out with that so um being creative with that time is important and then yeah like you said i'm not a risk taker I uh anybody that's played poker with me knows that i'm i play pretty close to the vest um i'd rather just you know watch and be entertained than to take any massive risks. Um, I know I did start my business when I was young, but that was strategic. I, I always used to tell people I started when I was 19 because if I failed, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. I could have moved back home with my parents and started over again. But at 38 years old with five kids, um, a new house on my grandfather's property, um, to to start a new business and to you know, have my wife quit her job and, and you know, take over that business and in, in a struggling economy. Um, it's a lot of risk. And I'm not going to lie. I'm absolutely terrified. But um, I feel confident that both you and I have put in the work um, to make sure that we're going to be successful so we can hopefully, you know, get some good representation in uh, in District 10. No, I mean, that's amazing. And I, I think some of the, going back to what we've been doing is trying to like build this coalition. Like I I talk to people telling them about this and I always like to bring up like we spent the past year, you know, trying to do this little this group we called the Madison Republicans and, and having events and things and we, we experienced talking to people in the community about politics, which I think most politicians don't do they really just say like vote for me vote for me vote for me, or donate or something like that but it's not about sort of trying to explain what they're what they're doing 
So, you know, we've got experience with that. And what I think that does is that brings people in to a coalition and politics is, is really about coalition building. We've forgotten a lot of that where it's people just thinking like, oh, we got to excise the people that aren't true believers, but that's never the case. Like everyone has their own constellation, their own myriad of beliefs and, and, and you know, really like a couple core um, values that they hold dearly. They're going to, they're going to vote on. And then they're, they're willing to compromise on other things and trying to find that compromise, trying to again, debate, discuss. Uh, I think that's a skill that no one's going to have in this race, except for, except for me and you. And I think that, that we're going to bring that. And that's actually going to help us in the primary because bring new people in, you know, everyone, all the Republicans like to talk about bringing in new voters, but they, it's a lot of lip service. They don't, they don't actually have a lot. So I think we're going to have that because we have experience doing that. And, well, and, and then that goes in the general, you know, it's a district, you know, everyone talks about, oh, it's a, what is it, D plus eight, D plus seven. Like it's a, it's a tough district as they would say, but that's what just means you have to actually like reach out to people and not run on the national party line and care about the local issues because that's what people actually care about, you know, um, and we gotta, we gotta fix that. Yeah, I, uh, I agree, obviously. I mean, most politicians don't actually, you know, I tell you this all the time, they only knock the doors of the people that vote for them. So they're not going to be able to engage a new group to to flip a district that's, you know, trending blue, but still purple. And if Republicans are serious about keeping the district red, then they should, you know, engage other people besides the red meat of their base. Um, it's a big pet peeve of mine. And it's definitely something that we're going to get outside of that box. And like, uh, you know, we're going to engage the unengaged um, because those people are frustrated too. And they are just looking for somebody serious who has real ideas that isn't going to sit there and point fingers that they can believe in and they can invest their time in, they can invest their money in, and they don't feel like they're throwing it into the garbage like most of the situations out there right now. <laughs> So true. Well, Jeff, we don't, we should, we should get back to campaigning rather than just talking about campaigning. So, you know, if people are interested, they can read more on our website, uh, Beatty4.us. Um, I'm a computer nerd. So I picked that because it's, I love fun domains, but if that's too much, you know, Beattyforus.com, JohnBeattyforCongress.com, those all go there. Um, and, you know, that's, I guess that's, that's one of the things I like to bring up last time. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it now. Like we need a programmer in Congress. That's another reason um, technology is so important in our day-to-day -day lives. And, uh, I built this, this whole campaign platform. I, I've taken it over multiple campaigns, made a lot of refinements, but it'll do all the donations, do the voter tracking and the mailing lists, you know, so it's, it's, um, sort of enterprise custom software that, that I think that again, like no other campaign is going to have, they're going to have, they're a bunch of different things and that are expensive and don't work. And this is where, you know, us again, using your donations wisely, trying to, to build something that is practical and is streamlined and is going to make our lives easier. It's going to prudently use your donations. And so with that, you can go to baby4.us slash donate and I would appreciate anything, any support you can throw our way. Are you are you asking for money already, John? What's going on? Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, Before we get out of here, I just wanna, uh, over the weekend when I was you know going through my books, I just, I, I ran into this. You see this book here? Mm -hmm. Do you recognize that? That's Matt no, Lewis's no. Too Dumb to Fail. So the funny part about that is, is like, that was like the first book I read, like political book I read. And it was back in like 2016, I believe. And then if you can see here next to it, we've got Matt Lewis's second book, which is Filthy Rich Politicians, which funny that he's talking about filthy rich politicians. And we're running a campaign where we want to make some uh, campaign finance uh, regulation. Um, 
And did you know I'm actually in that book? Isn't that weird? And now, and now here we are. We're going to be running a campaign together. Um, oh, this is completely separate, but I also got a new book of uh, Mr. Speaker over here, Thomas Reed, as you can see my other one. I'm super excited. I got that. It was just a Christmas present I just wanted to talk about because as we talked about, we need new rules in Congress. And if you want somebody that's capable of writing them, they probably should study the people that wrote the original ones. So, right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just feel like, uh, I don't know. I always think back to that that first day when we met at the Middleburg Barn and I had my notebook out and I was taking notes on every candidate. There was 11 of us on stage and I made a, I wrote everybody's name on 11 or 10 separate pieces of paper in my notebook and underneath I took notes of each one. And what I wrote about you is he he wants to make the government smaller, limited government. He understands who Cicero is <laughs> and in the foundation of our government coming from Rome. And I was just really impressed. And then when that debate ended, you were at number one and I was at like number nine. So we were really far away from each other. And you were the first person to come shake my hand. And I felt out of place because, you know, I had literally just signed up. I had, I, I drove out completely, you know, I wasn't completely unprepared, but I was unprepared for, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Let's be honest with that. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing a flannel. I've got long hair and here you are. You put all those things aside. You weren't, you weren't judging me for the way that I looked, or how I approached that 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 uh, debate. Or it wasn't a debate; it was is a forum. You listened to what I had to say, and then you wanted to hear more. And to me, that's what a leader does. And from that moment, I, I I've always was thinking, and I've told you this privately a whole bunch of times. I was like, you would make a great president. At the end of the day, you're not ready to be president yet, right? Like you're no close yet, but you you will make a great congressional representative. I know that. And one day, if the country needs you, I'm sure that you'll make a great president too. Um, and I, I, I feel like we don't have enough people running for Congress or the presidency that are actually qualified. And I say that as somebody who just re reads about a lot of politicians, you know, I like to tell people the best politicians were historians. They were the people that actually studied history. Teddy Roosevelt, James Madison, John Adams. Like these are the guys, they knew what came before them so they were better prepared to handle it today. Ronald Reagan was one of those guys, you know, just read furiously about the past so he could better inform the present. And um, I'm just excited to get it done with you, John. Me too, I'm, I'm pumped. It's, uh, I mean, like, you know, we, we joked many times about like what date it would be. And I was just kind of, I kind of settled on January 1st because. My term would end for the school board on December 31st. Um, but I just, you know, the week of anticipation leading up to this, it's just been, it's been fun to like finally, you know, as I like to say, you just file your paperwork and ask people to vote for you. And today I filed about half the paperwork and now I'm running the FEC problems with, I'm going to talk to tech support, but we'll get there. We'll get there. But it's official. The candidacy is official and we'll make it work. Awesome. All right. Well, again, thank you everyone for listening to our special New Year's Day edition of Parent Politics and Parenting. Uh, you can follow us on the Substack and subscribe. We're on YouTube. Uh, we'll be on Twitter, jmayhew28-84US. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on the campaign trail. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Peace and love.